0: Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. This is the LakersNation.com live free agency show. We're going to talk about what the Lakers have done so far this offseason. A number of moves, obviously. This team looks so different than what it looked like last year. We'll talk a little bit about the moves they made, the moves they didn't make. We'll talk about those three open roster spots. We'll also talk about that guy, Dennis Schroeder. What is going to happen with him? What's going on there? Can the Lakers maybe still find a way to sign and trade him somewhere? Uh, joining me tonight is Ron Gutterman from LakersNation.com. Ron, we're going to be taking everybody's questions and comments. Uh, I'm ready for this, man. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, it's been a very crazy three days, I guess, of free agency, two and a half days. And it feels like everything happens so fast. And now we're just left talking about what's left for the Lakers.
0: And, uh, and by the way, guys, the California classic is tipping off right now. So the Lakers are playing the Sacramento Kings. So if you see me looking over that way a little bit, that's because I'm kind of keeping an eye on what's going on in, in this game as well. Davion Mitchell is playing for the Sacramento Kings. Want to see how he's doing. And then of course the Lakers, Austin Reeves with really good. You know, last out. I want to see what's going on there. Joel, I, 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 gosh, I always, I am going to get that at some point. I'm not going to stumble over his name. That's that, that will be a thing. That's maybe going to be my goal for the season or something like that. Uh, and then, of course, Mac McClung as well. Always fun to watch. But, but I've got one thing on my mind right now, Ron, and it's my boy. Sfima Luke is now an unrestricted free agent. The Oklahoma City Thunder have rescinded their qualifying offer for him. The Lakers have three open roster spots. It's time. I want to Svi back in purple and gold.
1: Yeah, and there's a, there's another uh, former Laker out there who got uh, basically let go by their team, and that's uh, Isaac Bonga. Mm-hmm. He's an unrestricted free agent as well. You know, if the Lakers, instead of getting veterans, if they want to go full youth, bring back some young guys with their last three roster spots, those are two good names to start at.
0: Hey, if the game plan is former Lakers, right, that was the first four guys that agreed with the Lakers were all former Lakers. I, you know, those are two pretty good ones to turn to. So, yeah, I, I could see yeah. that happening. Uh, Sonic Fighter 25 in the Super Chat said, after the whole Spencer 5-team trade, my hope for Buddy Heald has gone out the window. Um, yes, I think that's, that's pretty much where we're at. That's appropriate. I don't think there is any hope left for the Buddy Heald thing. I don't think Sacramento wants Dennis Schroeder. Um, and, and we can see why. They just drafted another guard with Davion Mitchell uh, in addition to they've got Halliburton, they have De'Aaron Fox. You know, They, they don't need... Dennis Schroeder there. So I don't think anything's going to happen with Dennis Schroeder going to the Kings and Buddy Healds coming back to the Lakers. it would be a great fit. But unfortunately, I think that is indeed dead.
1: Yeah. And and look, I think the Lakers moves in free agency really cemented that before this five team trade. Um, The Lakers have six guards on their roster. Um, I I don't know if they were going to go out and get a seventh. Uh, It didn't make a ton of sense. So I think I think their moves kind of signaled that they didn't believe Buddy Heald was attainable anymore.
0: By the way, the Summer League Lakers start off with a Devontae Kaycock, Austin Reeves pick and roll that leads to a a lob to Kaycock for a dunk. So nice start there, a designed play that they ran. And uh, look, it's Summer League, but you still like to see good basketball. Um, Look, there's there's a lot still going on here for the Lakers. Um, Probably more than most teams, really. Because again, three open roster spots right now there's still moves to be made here. Like, free agency, it's kind of winding down a little bit, but the Lakers, I think they're going to pick off whoever's kind of left over because once the money starts to dry up and the roster spots dry up, which is what's happening right now, um, players start to look at things. Like, if the money's all equal around the NBA and you don't have Team X that can play, pay way more than the Lakers can, you start to say, well, okay, I can go to Orlando Or for the same money, I can go contend for a championship with the Lakers and have the spotlight on me and all those sorts of things. That's where that stuff starts to matter more. So I still think there's at least something, one more interesting move here for the Lakers where they can land somebody. I'm not saying they're going to get Kelly Oubre Jr. or anything like that, but I think there's one more move here that Rob has in him before we just kind of go, oh, well, here, Jared Dudley, here's a roster spot.
1: Yeah, Jared Dudley's getting number 15. We all can assume that. Um, numbers 13 and 14, you know, there there are a number of ways they could go with it. They could bring back mm-hmm. Wesley Matthews. They could bring back Svima Kyluk or Isaac Bonga. you know, if they want to go for a younger look. Um, there's Andre Iguodala is still available. And mm-hmm. uh, the reports all were that he was deciding between the Lakers and the Warriors. And I don't know if the Warriors' addition of Otto Porter Jr. affects his decision just because right. him and Otto Porter are of a similar tier of player. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I don't know how that affects his decision. I don't know why he hasn't signed yet, but that's a weird thing, uh,
0: isn't it? The the situation, it was Lakers versus Warriors. And then from crickets, just done. And I know exactly like we're, we're in a rapid pace environment right now. Like we free agency, if we're comparing this to a normal year, free agency went warp speed. Right, so this isn't out of the ordinary, but compared to the rate that everything else has moved out in free agency, it's weird that we're not hearing anything on Dollar right now.
1: Yeah, and and look, uh, it's interesting. Kawhi Leonard is still unsigned, doing the same thing that he did uh, two years ago, where he just mm-hmm. he took mm-hmm. his sweet time. Obviously, he's going to go back to the Clippers. That's they're honestly the only team that can still pay him, so he's he he's going to go back to the Clippers. But from there, it's really interesting. There's a lot of names still out there that. Maybe don't uh, attract as many headlines, but are certainly mm-hmm. interesting.
0: Uh, Joseph Palacios from YouTube with the super chat said, "Kevin Love gets bought out and signs a veteran minimum." I mean, I guess maybe, maybe, but you know what? I want to get back to that Kawhi thing real quick. I have a theory on Kawhi and what's happening. So this is this is what I think is going on with Kawhi Leonard. Um, he is not signed. Like, there's nowhere else for him to go. No other team has the cap room. You could say maybe the Mavs might have, like, 15 million in cap space, but it sounds like they're going to be using that on uh, on Goren Dragic. They're going to try to work out a trade, de- trade there, and 15 million isn't enough to land Kawhi anyway. So everyone knows he's not going anywhere. So why not just announce you're going to the Clippers? Why not just get this thing done? Well, it could just be that Kawhi is Kawhi, and he's going to sign the thing when he feels like signing it and all that. I think maybe... Kawhi knows he's signing a one plus one because that will allow him to get to his 10th year of service and then allow him to really cash in next offseason. Okay. And as long as he's a free agent and he's not under contract, he can talk about whatever he wants to whoever he wants. And so this is a perfect opportunity. You can go to a team that has no cap space. If you're not talk, but you may not want to talk about this year. Maybe you're talking about what they're planning for next year. Just a thought.
1: It's very possible. I mean, yeah, it's why Leonard will most likely be a free agent again next offseason just because of the 10 years of service, the, the way he can structure his contract and really, really cash in. But I, I do expect that he's going to stay with the Clippers beyond next year. My, If I had to guess, I assume he stays with the Clippers long term just because he did so much to get there. It would be weird for him to leave so quickly
0: um little point of education here somebody said can we trade for caruso trade back for him during the season no you can't acquire the same player uh within a year after they uh well no wait caruso left it didn't turn into a sign and trade so actually you could you could because he left in free agency so yes you could now he wouldn't be trade eligible until i believe december 15th on his contract but had the lakers done a sign and trade which uh, we were kind of hoping was going to happen. Had they done a sign and trade with Caruso, they would not have been able to reacquire him for a full year unless he went to another team first, which is why last year we were talking all about, hey, would it be great for the Lakers to pick up JaVale McGee after he gets waived uh, by the Cavs? But he would have had to have get, gotten sent to another team first, then waived, then the Lakers could get him. That's the way the, the league rules work. Uh, Ron, I want to talk about, and by the way, guys, the Super Chats that are coming in, coming in, I am compiling them, so I'm saving them right now, so we will go through them. But I want to talk real quick about the Lakers roster build. Uh, what are your thoughts on when we just pan back and you look at the Lakers roster, again, again, understanding that it's not done. There's still three open roster spots. But what do you think of what the Lakers have done so far this offseason?
1: I mean, look, there there are positives and negatives to what they did. Uh, some of the positives, you can really tell that floor spacing was a big, a big mm-hmm. uh, plan of theirs. Once they got Russell Westbrook, they did not. You know, they 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 abandoned all other things and said, okay now it's time to focus on floor spacing. They got Wayne Ellington. They got Carmelo Anthony. They got Trevor Ariza. They got Kent Bazemore. They got Malik Monk. I can name on and on and on. Right. They did a really good job with the floor spacing. Really happy with that. Uh, Getting back. Dwight was great. Someone who fits the culture of the team. Someone who is going to play his role. Uh, So I really like what they have going on at the center position. Um, obviously the big drawback is the Caruso, uh, mishap. Um, I, I don't believe that there was any reason to let him walk. He, this was purely a financial, uh, decision. Mm -hmm. The Lakers could have kept Caruso at any price. He even offered to take a discount to come back. Reportedly, he he offered uh, a discount to the Lakers and they still said no. So that's a big, I, I,
0: I missed that. That could have been just in my deliriousness over the last couple of days so what was i I missed that what's that story he took he offered to take less money than what the bulls offered
1: so ramona shelburne of espn essentially said that when the bulls offered him four for 37 Mm -hmm. he went to the lakers and he said four for 37 will you do that and they said no and he said okay well how about three for 30 and they said no again they said you can you can go um Mm -hmm. which is really disappointing because if the Lakers had taken Caruso on at 4-for-37, they would be paying roughly the same amount of luxury tax as the Clippers, who are essentially punting on next season because Kawhi is injured. Yeah. Um, so I really feel like that was just a purely financial decision. I don't like it. Um, so I'm not happy about that. That's my biggest criticism so far. Uh, in terms of the roster they actually built, I am I am relatively pleased with it. Again, I think Alex Caruso is a better fit than, you know, you you could replace... Malik Monk and with Alex Caruso, and you're in an even better position.
0: Who's starting at the two? When I look at this roster, I I could come up with a number of different answers here. So I'm curious who do you, who do you think starts at the two?
1: I I have Kent Bazemore right now starting okay. at the two. Um, I think it's going to take a little bit for Russell Westbrook to um to get into Frank Vogel's defensive scheme. Uh, Russell Westbrook's kind of been a lone wolf on defense these last few years, and this is the first time he's playing in like a true defense first scheme. And I think that's going to take some time. So you need a guy who's a really intelligent defender like Kent Bazemore. Uh, if you put, you know, Wayne Ellington or Malik Monk there, you're you're really lacking on defense and your backcourt is is a real problem. Uh, Bazemore can kind of cover up some of Westbrook's flaws as he tries to figure out the scheme.
0: I, I do think I think Bazemore is part of the reason why the Lakers weren't interested in offering anything to Caruso. I mean, THT, of course, I think the Lakers looked at it as, okay, we're not going to pay both these guys we're going to pay an extra like 40 million in luxury taxes if we we're able to, if we were going to pay Caruso. Um, so between the two, if we had to pick one or the other, we're going to pick the guy with the high ceiling and that's THT. Okay. I understand that. Um, but I also think they looked at it and thought, okay, Caruso, he's this great defender, uh, but he, he's going to get $10 million. Or what if we just give Kent Bazemore? he said he'll come for the veteran minimum. That's, you know, 2 million and change. So you're talking about paying what a, a quarter of what it would cost for Caruso. To get a guy like Kent Bazemore, I think they thought reasonably, at least on the defensive end of the floor, Bazemore gives you kind of what Caruso does, and that's yeah. what what made what made the decision a little bit easier for them. But you're right; it still doesn't sit well. Obviously, the fan favorite part, but he's also a very very intelligent defender, and um, you know that's that that's rough to see him walk out the door.
1: Yeah, I, I understand their point of Bazemore and Tht combined probably gets you to Caruso's defensive production, Uh um, which is his big value is his defensive production. But I think his chemistry with LeBron James and Anthony Davis was like something that you you don't see all that often. Like that statistically, Caruso is the best teammate LeBron James has ever had in terms of their net rating when they're on the floor together. Um, Letting him walk at such a reasonable cost. You know, uh, they they did what they had to do. I just I don't like uh, a decision being purely financial. I know it's not my money, but I just don't like the idea of a purely financial decision when you are trying to win a championship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. I agree with that. And a lot of people will say, Oh, but look at the stats. Caruso's not very good. And and you know, he's, he missed a lot of threes and stuff like that. He actually shot pretty well from three last season, just didn't shoot a very high volume. But, um, but again, he's a uh, glue guy, a glue guy that you can certainly use, especially on a team that is contending to win a championship or at least host hopes to be. I will say when I look at this roster, I'm a little bit like they didn't get that big guy that I was kind of thinking might show up like a, a guy who really took a lot less to join the Lakers. a guy that made the rest of the league go, Oh no, they got that guy. They didn't get that move, but I will say that they got some pretty decent depth. I think that they did a nice job counterbalancing Russell Westbrook's three point shooting. I ran the numbers earlier today. If the Lakers were to take everybody that's on the team right now and they shoot the exact same as last season, volume wise and, and all that kind of stuff, including games played uh, and you, and you transport it over to the next season, the Lakers, would have been about 13th in the NBA in three-point percentage, which given the anchor that you've got in terms of Westbrook's three-point shooting, that's, that's pretty good. Like if you took out Westbrook, you took out AD, you took out THT, the three worst shooters, uh, you would have the second best three-point shooting team in the NBA. So obviously the rest of you, the guys that you brought in are pretty good. And when I look at this roster, I see a lot of guys that you can't leave. A lot of guys that if you leave them behind the three-point line, number one, they're going to pull the trigger. And number two, they're going to make a high enough percentage to to really hurt you if you do decide to leave them.
1: Yeah, and, and you know you're you're saying the um, you know they didn't get that guy that makes the NBA go. You're know, like, wow, I can't believe it. Yeah. Um, I I think I think the combination of Malik Monk and Kendrick Nunn at their respective prices, I think that was enough for me to say like, yeah, they were they they got value for their money. Um, I believe it was. I believe it was Bobby Marks, who he does, uh, based on statistics, Mm -hmm. Bobby Marks of ESPN, Mm -hmm. he does, based on statistics, what your projected contract value should be. And all the Lakers free agent signings had an average of about, like, I think it was $10 million average, Uh and they got them for an average of, like, four and a half or something like that, something crazy, where it was, like, they got a huge bargain on these guys. Um, Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk were the two where I'm like, wow, that's, that's incredible value for those players.
0: So I, I will say one concern that I've got. And look, I, I want to throw this out there. I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic as hell about this team. There, there's no question. But one of the things that just from doing this for a long time, we see every single year is in the offseason. Everybody's optimistic because we project all of these players as though they're going to be at their best. And that doesn't happen, right? It just doesn't happen that every single year, everybody's at their best, right? Uh, Dennis Schroeder. Right, who we're going to talk about in a bit, we went into the season thinking, hey, maybe he really is a 39% three-point shooter. We found out, no, he's not. He's more low 30s. The previous year was the outlier. Right? We expect that everybody's going to fit perfectly. Marc Gasol had his defensive issues. We said, well, he's a former defensive player of the year. It's going to work out fine. He's going to read the defense to a point where his lack of athleticism is going to be, be as big of a deal. It turned out to be a fairly big deal. Um, so I will say that we're going to be optimistic about this team, but one area where I could see things getting tripped up is the defensive end of the floor. I feel like they sacrificed a decent amount there aside from Kent Bazemore. I don't know. and, And Dwight Howard, of course, I don't know that anybody they brought in, I look at is really a plus defender. And so that's where I think Frank Vogel is going to have to be on his game this season in terms of getting everybody bought into what the defensive scheme is because I don't think he has quite as much just natural defensive talent as he has in years past.
1: Yeah, this is going to be Frank Vogel, one of his biggest defensive tests. I will say um, I did a little bit. Obviously, I didn't need to do much research on like Carmelo Anthony because we all know what Carmelo Anthony is at this point. But I did a little bit of research on Malik Monk, and apparently he made pretty good defensive strides this past season. He was a he was a negative defender his first three years in Charlotte, mm-hmm. but he made a lot of improvements on that end in his fourth season. Um, so maybe that's something that can carry over. He's a bit undersized for his position, but that's something that I think could carry over. Although I really don't know. It's very possible that he goes right back to being a negative defender.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Um, there, there were flashes there and that's the other, like Malik Monk. That, that's the other thing when we talk about this Malik Monk, and Carmelo Anthony, and all these guys that are on these veteran minimum deals, they're very, they're essentially no risk, right? Because worst case, you, you didn't hard cap yourself. Worst case, you cut the guy. If it just doesn't work at all, does not work, the guy isn't a fit in the locker room, guy isn't a fit on the floor, you cut him and you sign somebody else for the veteran minimum. That's what I love about this, is these are, are no risk, or very low risk anyway, high reward potentially with a guy like Malik Monk, who's still very young, who had a lot of talent, was picked 11th overall in the draft, there's a lot to like there about these guys that they picked up, but again, I don't think we can go into the season assuming they're all going to going to hit and all going to fit perfectly. I assume there's going to be some bumps in the road, um, but I do think that they added some really nice pieces in the in the off season.
1: Yeah, completely agree.
0: Um, <laughs> Davis Painter from YouTube, the super chat said, instead of the starting lineup, what would be your ending lineup? Also, Joel Ayayi. Hey, there we go. I think I just got it. Uh, We'll make this team. Okay, so Ron, there's two parts there. Uh, There's the ending lineup and then Joel Ayayi, what he's doing. Uh, I want to start with Joel Ayayi because I've got a very simple thing to to explain there. The Lakers, and this is actually, it's a small thing but could end up being big. So the Lakers did not give Kendrick Nunn the full taxpayer mid-level exception. And the reason why they didn't is because they want to have a little bit, bit of that left over so that they can offer more than a two-year contract potentially to one of these guys that's on the Summer League squad right now. Maybe it's AIE maybe it's Austin Reeves, maybe it's Mac McClugg, maybe it's somebody else, maybe it's it's uh Shondi Brown, right? It could be anybody. Um that would allow them to offer more than a two-year deal. The reason why Taylor Horton Tucker is a free agent this season and not next season is because the Lakers didn't have that money available. So the Lakers kind of learned their lesson. They said, you know what? We're going to hold a little bit in reserve so that we can offer a bit more than just a minimum contract and make it a three-year deal if a player stands out. Now, if a player doesn't stand out and, and they don't deserve this, you know, the contract, then okay. But they've set themselves up to where if somebody does, they can make that happen.
1: Yeah, and Joel Joel Ayayi is someone who could make the roster, but he's also he's he'll be fine as a two way guy. He will see the floor in small spurts this year. He can he can score. He can hit the three. So that's an interesting player to have. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure he'll he'll find his way onto the court at some point.
0: Okay, but let's uh, let's get to the first part of that question. Um, and obviously, we haven't seen the team play. There's a lot of new pieces. This this is. This is guesswork, right, at its very best. I think we can assume LeBron, Russ, Anthony Davis, they are part of the finishing lineup. Who are your other two right now, having not seen the team on the floor or anything like that? So what I'm saying is don't hold us to this, okay, here in in August if this isn't the finishing lineup come the regular season.
1: Yeah, based on absolutely nothing, uh, I'm probably going – Wow! This is, <laughs> um,
0: right? I'm going to say ADs okay. at the five. I'm going to say ADs yeah, at the five. Yeah, so it's sure. not it's not Casal and it's not Dwight Howard.
1: For sure, I'm I'm between two options. I want I there's one option where I could go a little younger, or one option where I could just go full older and just pray it works. Okay. Um, the the older one I would say is Baysmore Ariza.
0: Okay.
1: Bazemore Ariza, I could see being there, but I could also see a world in which it's none Carmelo.
0: None Carmelo. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I could see that. And I I was going back and forth myself between Ariza and Carmelo as being one of the other ones out there. I'm going to lean Ariza because of the switchability on the defensive end of the floor. But it's so <laughs> close. Like, like if, you're, if you're down though, you're going Carmelo. And if you're down yeah. to finish the game, you're going Carmelo um, because he's going to give you that, that scoring punch. And then that's the thing is that the two, I'm I'm, I'm going to lean Wayne Ellington. And I'm going to lean Wayne Ellington just because the dude shot 40-plus percent, 42% percent from three last season on high volume on 6.5, I think, attempts per game. I think that kind of floor spacing is going to be needed in late-game situations. And he's a veteran. He's seen it all. Uh, so I'm going to go Wayne Ellington, but, uh, but again, freely admit that it, it, who knows, right? It could be yeah. Kent Bazemore, Bays- And that's, that's the thing, right? The it Lakers. Could be THT. Yeah, it could be THT. It could be any number. The Lakers didn't get that guy where we can say, oh, clearly that guy is finishing games for you because he's just head and shoulders. They got a lot of depth between guys that are pretty close in terms of what they can provide in terms of value. And then we'll wait to see how that separates out in training camp and then in, uh, in preseason.
1: Yeah and in, I mean Alex Crusoe would have absolutely been in that closing five oh, for sure. um but yeah that this is you know this is the thing you're sacrificing you're sacrificing the obvious guy and now you have to really work throughout the season to figure out who that fourth guy is I really do I, Carmelo is going to be difficult to have in those closing mm-hmm. lineups if you are trying to preserve a lead or if you're trying to play defense in any reasonable way um, so it's going to be difficult, but obviously we know what he brings offensively at this point in his career.
0: Yeah, Carmelo is Carmelo is. It's late in the game, and you bring in your pass catching running back in order to try to try to charge downfield. That's Carmelo Anthony. A guy like a Trevor Ariza, a Kent Bazemore, Ismo. You're bringing your guy that's going to just drive the ball downfield four yards each time, and, and you're going to kind of grind out the game. That's what you're going to do with those guys. So you can mix and match a little bit. Uh, Bernie L. Yeah from youtube with super chat said would you see the lakers saving the 15th roster spot for mid-year buyouts and he also added that danny green west matthews would be a great ad uh i don't think danny green's coming all all the lakers can pay now is the veteran minimum that's it that's all you can pay i don't see danny green coming for that if he would there's your starter there's your starting two but i don't that's everything yes but i don't see that happening uh but the 15th roster spot would you just leave it open
1: yeah, probably. It's, it's also possible that they sign because they're not hard-capped, because they can kind of just cut guys as they please, they could bring in a 15th guy and mm-hmm. kind of let the players battle it out, and then whoever's the weak link of the 15 gets cut for a buyout guy. Yeah, I,
0: I think that's what actually would happen. I think that's the way it would go. By the way, I'm also going to say Sacramento, they added a bunch of, of bigs this offseason. Damian Jones is not guaranteed. Bring him on home if he gets cut. right? Like I, I don't have a ton of faith that Marcus and Dwight Howard are going to hold up for the season. I said you probably don't want three bigs on this roster, but given that it's Dwight Howard and Marcus I could see where having a young big behind them could be a valuable thing in this season. So that's something yeah, keep to keep an eye on.
1: He could just be like your guy that just, he sits on the bench every night. He never plays. But if Dwight or Mark, if one of those guys needs a night off or is injured for whatever reason, you send out Damian because he's athletic. He's young. He's not, he obviously doesn't have the tools and the skill sets of Mark or Dwight, but Mm -hmm. he has the athleticism.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's something that I would look for. And that's where, if you leave a 15th roster spot open, you're, you're, Basically, you're, you're keeping that possibility out there in case there's a buyout situation, somebody gets waived, whatever, because that stuff's going to happen uh, pretty soon here.
1: <clears throat>
0: All right. I'm just taking a peek here. The Lakers are trailing the Kings, but I did just see a breakaway uh, lob dunk for the Lakers. That was nice. nice. Uh, somebody, oh, John Blue from YouTube, streaming while flying home right now. And you all are the only reason to purchase Wi-Fi package. Keep up the great work, guys. Thanks for all you do. John, thank, thank you so much. Buying in-flight Wi-Fi just to be able to watch this show. We really, we really do appreciate that, for sure.
1: I'm surprised that in-flight Wi-Fi is allowing you to live stream a video. That's, that's very surprising.
0: <laughs> that's the other piece, right? That's, that's pretty impressive. Uh, Bronny Braun from YouTube said, What about a sign and trade with Toronto? I'm assuming he's talking about Dennis Schroeder. I feel like if Toronto wanted Dennis Schroeder, they probably already would have gone after him. And what are you signing and trading for? Why why is Toronto willing to give up something for him? Um, yeah, I mean, look, Toronto, if they really feel like they need another guard, they're just going to hang on to Gordon Dragic. In which case, maybe the Mavericks become a landing spot for Dennis Schroeder. But right now, it feels like Gordon Dragic is the uh, is the preference there.
1: Yeah, and, and we can get into Dennis whenever, but mm-hmm. that's... This is one of uh, – and we said going in, actually, before the offseason started, we said Dennis Schroeder's free agency is going to be one of the most intriguing free agencies in recent memory. Yep. And it went from that to, like, it went beyond what I was imagining when I thought of a fascinating free agency. It's It's been remarkable.
0: It's played out exactly like we projected. We said things could go yep. very wrong for one of these guards. And I am still – I'm amazed, right, because I was saying for weeks – That you had two guys, you had Dennis Schroeder and Spencer Dinwiddie. I said both of them were operating under the belief that a starting point guard just automatically gets 20 to 25 million per season. I said, I don't think that's correct. I think somebody's going to get squeezed. I actually thought both guys were going to. Did not happen. Dinwiddie got the money, he got the 20 plus million per season from Washington. Dennis Schroeder, the league is out of money and he's out of landing spots. Yep. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know where this is going to go. And he's not the only one. Kelly Oubre Jr. is in that spot as well. Uh, a few other guys, Paul Millsap. By the way, look, if you can get Paul Millsap on a veteran minimum, that wouldn't be a bad way to to turn to as well. But um, yeah. but I don't know what where Dennis Schroeder is going to go. And I know a lot of Lakers fans are kind of celebrating this, right? Because, hey, he turned down the Lakers four years, 84. He demanded a starting job. All this kind of stuff that, that happened throughout the season. So there was a lot of frustration with him. But it really is fascinating to see what happens. Unfortunately, I don't know that the Lakers can benefit from this situation. Like, is there a team out there that wants him for a sign and trade? I don't know if that exists, but that would certainly be the ideal situation for the Lakers.
1: No, at this point, I, you know, we were, we were joking that, you know, maybe the Clippers would do it and we would get back Luke Kennard in the deal. Um, very unlikely. Yeah. Definitely not going to happen. If if anything, he's more likely to walk into the Clippers mid-level exception, um, and just play the one year on the mid-level exception and try to go again next year when there's a little more money out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's something I. One thing I I do want to say about Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, he called his shot perfectly because he, uh, a couple of weeks before free agency, he was asked, uh, what like, if he was staying on the Nets or leaving. And he said, it depends what the Nets offer. Mm-hmm. If the Nets offered something that no one else can offer, I'll stay. But if they offer me something like, and he literally said, three years, 60, 60 million. That's right. I can get that anywhere. And he you knew. know what? He was right.
0: He knew he what couldn't. was out there. But Ron, how could he have known <laughs> NBA teams and players weren't allowed to talk to, to each other until August 2nd? There's no way.
1: It's yeah, just a case he, of brilliant he foresight by, he just, by Spencer Dinwiddie.
0: <laughs> Prognosticator of all prognosticators. Forget, uh, forget Punxsutawney Phil. Call up Spencer Dinwiddie on uh, Groundhog Day. Uh, Jamal 49er from YouTube. Hey, Trevor, big Lakers fan. Thank you. I'm sure that brought you, that brought you here. Uh, what do you think about the two roster spots with Iggy and Lou Williams? And save the last spot for Kevin Love if he's bought out uh Iguodala I think is certainly a, a worthy addition there Lou Williams I don't know if you need what he brings if anything if I'm the Lakers and I guess we should use this to get into this topic Ron if you look at this Lakers roster what do you feel like they need the most right now for me it's wing defenders and so Lou Williams wouldn't fit that Iguodala would what, what do you think though what do you see when you look at the, the roster they've got put together
1: I I really believe that the final three roster spots uh should go to Andre Iguodala, Wesley Matthews and Jared Dudley. Um okay. Andre Iguodala okay. if he wants to come, obviously he could still very well go to the Warriors, but if he wants to come to LA, I think Iguodala, Wesley Matthews and Jared Dudley are the perfect final 3 candidates to round out the roster like into exactly what it needs to be. Lou Williams, you know, no disrespect to Lou Williams, he's a good player, he's a fine player, he does he does good things. Does he get minutes on this roster the way it's constructed? Right? I don't, I don't think so. Probably not, but I'm not I'd sure. Give, I'd rather give my money. I'd rather give my minutes to like Malik Monk or, uh, or Wayne Ellington.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. We're at the bottom of that chart right now.
0: Uh, Dale and Jordan from YouTube, the super chat said sign and trade Schroeder Lowry Markinen is still out there. Better stretch five option than anything we have. The bulls got Lonzo and Caruso. <laughs> they, they don't want Dennis Schroeder. They've, They've got yeah. their guys. And also so that's, we
1: can't, we can't accept Lowry marketing because that's a sign and trade hard. Cap. Very true. No.
0: Yes. Yeah. We cannot accept a player through sign and trade. So that also does not work. Okay. So let's see here. Let me get into some more of your questions. Uh, Apollinar Estrada from YouTube said, just wanted to say thanks to Trevor and company for the round the clock updates from Lakers nation. Well, thank you. We certainly appreciate you continuing to watch and, uh, and hanging in there with us. Uh, sonic fighter 25 said no one's really talking about it, but I'm excited for our bench. Multiple guys who can get their own shots. I also have West starting. If he returns Uh, West Matthews in the starting line. I mean, one of the last guys you sign is going to be your starter. I have a little bit of a tough time believing that I think they would have already signed him. If he was that big of a priority, like this is going to be our starter, but I do like West. I mean, I don't have a problem with him potentially coming back. What What do you think though? Do they, do they have enough guys who can create their own shot? Because that was a problem last season.
1: Yes, I I firmly believe the Lakers solved their issue of not enough guys who can create their own shot outside of LeBron. You have LeBron now, you have Russell Westbrook who is like the king of creating his own shot. We can argue all night about whether that shot is good or not, but he mm-hmm. certainly can create it. And then you have Kendrick Nunn. Um, I, I don't know, like, there are not many teams in the NBA that have like five shot creators that are like actually good at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like the Lakers having three, And then having guys like Malik, Monk, THT, who can certainly make things happen off the dribble, um, I think that's plenty. I think that's more than good enough.
0: I agree. I think they've done enough there uh, in terms of shot creator. And and again, I think it's crazy, but I really think this team, what's going to determine the level they play at and whether or not they can get to a next level may be dependent on THT. What do we see from him? Does he get his three-point shot down? Does he continue this ascension? If you were like me and you were watching THT in his first year with the South Bay Lakers, he was here. Last year, if you watched the guy last year and you compared him to the first-year guy, oh my gosh, big difference. And I know, and we could see there's still a long way to go. If he takes that another step up and continues on this trajectory, he could really be an important piece for the Lakers. And we've already heard the rumors that the Lakers are expecting him to play a big role for them this season. Um I think some of that is, some of the Lakers' success is really going to hinge on him as much as we're going to focus on LeBron and Westbrook and Anthony Davis, and rightfully so. I think he's the piece that can bump you up to that next level.
1: Yeah, and, and the thing about Taylor Horton Tucker is, obviously, we're going to talk about the jump shot and how that needs to improve, which it mm-hmm. most certainly does. I would really like to see some improvement from him uh, with that, that tunnel vision that he gets. Where he gets the ball, he drives to the lane, and like he doesn't, he's not aware of anything besides him and the basket. Um, if he can kind of get out of that tunnel vision, it would really improve him as a playmaker, and that would make bench units dangerous. Because if you have a bench unit of let's say Kendrick Nunn, uh, Taylen Horton Tucker, uh, Carmelo Anthony, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, if that's like a, a second rotation with mm-hmm. LeBron and Russ on the bench and he's a good playmaker, he gets out of that tunnel vision, that's a terrifying five for any bench unit to face in the NBA.
0: Yes, yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, Reagan Calfor said, we have a sign-and-trade, $5 billion for Caruso, right? Can we get a team like OKC and Seconds to get Danny Green in a sign-and-trade? I'm assuming that's asking, did they get a trade exception for Alex Caruso? No, because it was not a sign-and-trade. We thought that might happen, but that's not how it went down. Um, or not how it's going to go down, at least as far as we know. Again, can't happen until August 6th, so things can change. But as of right now, it doesn't sound like that's going to be a sign-and-trade. If it is, then yes, the Lakers could get a trade exception. They could use that to absorb somebody. However, it still can't be to answer, somebody else asked this question, could they get a trade exception and then absorb Lowry-Market in that way? No, that would still be a sign-and-trade. It would still count as a sign-and-trade, even if you're using a trade exception to absorb the player. The player is being signed by their team and immediately sent to your team, that still, by definition, is a sign and trade, and therefore would hit, trigger a hard cap. So you can't do that.
1: There's only the Lakers only have two uses with a trade exception. It would be uh, trade absorbing a uh, a contract via trade that's under contract currently, not a sign and trade, or it would be claiming someone on waivers. Yep, those are the only two ways the Lakers can use a trade exception this season,
0: and that would be it. Uh, Justin Cardenas is asking with the super chat, who are their preferred players to fill the last two spots? Uh, Ron, you kind of went over yours. I would love to see like a a late version of, of this point of free agency version of a home run move, like a Kelly Oubre. I mean, this and this is wishful thinking here. Kelly Oubre, Danny Green, somebody like that, that you just convinced to come on and say, hey, sign up one year. This is all we have left to spend. Come join us for a year. We're going to give you plenty of minutes. Increase your value for the following season. Do that sort of thing. I would love to see that. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would, yeah. but that would be certainly something that would be incredible. Um, yeah. Realistically, realistically, I'm going to say Svima because I do believe in his shooting ability. I like him a lot. Uh, I'm going to say Damian Jones because, again, I think you do need some youth. And then I would finish things off with Andre Iguodala. Uh, I think you need another wing defender. You need somebody who's proven, and so I would go with him.
1: Yeah, I, I would really like to combine Svima Luke and Izak Bonga into one player. Oh,
0: Svi Bonga.
1: Yeah, so you get, you get Svi's offense and Banga's defense, and then you just wreck the league. Yes. Yep. That's how I do it.
0: That would be awesome. <laughs> uh, Sonic Fighter 25, if you had to choose between Wes and Iggy, between Wes Matthews and Andre Iguodala, I would go Andre Iguodala because I believe that's what the Lakers need more of right now. Although I, I think you could argue Wes has a bit more left in the tank. It's close, but I'm, I'm going Iguodala. I'm going with the guy who's locked down players on the big stage, and I know he's getting up there in years and all that, but that's what I'm going with.
1: Iguodala is closer to washed than Wesley Matthews. True. But Iguodala has the physical tools to keep up with bigger wings. Like, uh, Wes Matthews did a great job on, on, on a lot of players bigger than him this past mm-hmm. year, but if, if we're playing Paul George, I trust Iguodala a little bit more uh to to take that matchup on. Obviously, LeBron is going to take those matchups in the playoffs, but mm-hmm. for the regular season I would trust Iguodala a little bit more.
0: And that's exactly what I'm thinking of. Is the is those kind of the big wing matchups. The matchups were last year we would see the Lakers kind of run out of options and next thing you know, KCP is defending a dude that's 4 or 5 inches bigger than him. Um that's where that, that's where I want a guy like Iguodala that's got more of the physical profile to to deal with that. By the way, speaking of which, it, we've been talking about this. The Lakers need another wing defender. Why wave Alfonso McKinney? That's a little bit of a head scratcher since he fits the physical profile of what the Lakers conceivably need. I, I suppose you could just be doing him a solid and saying, look, we're probably going to fill that spot with somebody else at some point. So we might as well just wave you now. And that way he can catch on with the number team, another team. I think that very well could be the answer. But it did raise a lot of eyebrows that this got done now.
1: Yeah, because they could have waived him um, up until mid-January, sometime there, um, which I thought I thought that's what they were going to do. But waiving him now, it's either a, a favor to him to go find a place where he can get playing time, or it's they have three players they want to sign, and, and they value all three of them more than McKinney. I guess we'll find out in the next, like, two or three days w- which one that is. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and this, I mean, literally, this could, it'd be really cool if it happened, like, now while we're, while we're recording here, if we got to break like, hey, this player just joined the, or is joining the Lakers.
1: I do have I do have one very interesting thing to say. I believe Mark Stein is doing a Spotify green room it thing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, we have a quote from that uh, oh. that's circulating on Twitter. The Mavericks have zero interest in Dennis Schroeder. It's staggering that he turned down the eighty four million dollar offer from the Lakers. This is tough to watch. There's been so little Schroeder discussion. Tough stuff. Tough to watch.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, um, and Mark Stein. Uh, just uh, I don't know about now. He's obviously worked for the New York Times and everything, but he did live in in Dallas for a while. So he is. That's why you see him. He gets a lot of Dallas stuff. So I'm saying, not only I, I just I believe Mark Stein to begin with, right? Period. I think he's he's built up that kind of uh, a resume in this this business, but add in the fact that it's Dallas, and that gives it a little bit of an extra oomph to it, like where you can really. You can you can buy what he's saying. If Mark Stein is saying Dallas does not want to Dennis Shooter, I'm going to trust that they don't. Wow, that's yeah. um, <laughs> man, <laughs> I really don't know what happened. That was my one thing. Like, okay, maybe Dallas gets gets Shooter. I really have no idea where he goes now.
1: He's going to have to take a mid level exception. Maybe the Clippers just somewhere. Oh, that's gross. Just try and rehab his value, because he is—I mean, his value is tanked. Like no other player's value is tanked. Like, like Demarcus Cousins' value didn't tank this much, and he tore his Achilles.
0: He's like, um, he, he's guard Nerlens Noel. He's the guard version of Nerlens Noel.
1: Yep. Bet on himself, and he, look, I'm—I'm I'm never going to fault a guy for betting on themselves. No, but there's a difference between betting on yourself by picking up the qualifying offer like Nerland's Noel did
0: mm-hmm.
1: and betting on yourself by turning down 84 million so that you may, you might get hundred million. And Nerland's Noel turned down
0: like, like 72. I don't know what his target number was, but Nerland's Noel turned down like 72 million or something like that. But, but I guess like it's risk versus reward. It's just like when you're, when you're buying stocks and you're always analyzing what is my risk? What is my reward here? The risk made no sense for Dennis Schroeder to turn down that number. If his target was 100 million, the Lakers were at 84. The risk is what's happening right now. Where best case you're getting what? I mean, 10, maybe, seven. maybe, and I don't even know that is out there is willing to give that in order to maybe find somebody that's going to give you an extra 16 million. Yeah, it's the risk reward was not there. Whatever. If that was – if he made that decision, if his agent made that decision, I don't – that was – whoever, that was a terrible decision for Dennis Schroeder. Um, yeah. I, I mean, and even if he got – even if he got Spencer any money, if he got $20 million over over three years, it would still have been a bad decision because he would have got four years from the Lakers for and that same money. So
1: this is, this is what I said. We were talking about this earlier, Trevor. I said – that if the Knicks had given Dennis Schroeder the, the same exact deal they gave Evan Fournier, yeah. four years, 78 million, I would have said, you know what? That was a worthwhile gamble. You, you, you lost 6 million, but that was a worthwhile gamble. Well, the Knicks decided Evan Fournier is better suited for that money. And I, I honestly, I don't know that Evan Fournier is a better basketball player than Dennis Schroeder. I, I really think Dennis Schroeder better. Um, I just if he had gotten four for seventy eight, I would have said that was a worthwhile risk to take going for that hundred.
0: Fournier just blew up on Team USA though too, so I think that that might have been part of it. Like, hey, this guy just just did something.
1: FIBA Fournier,
0: FIBA Fournier. Yep. Hey, Patty Mills will be a max guy. If it, by the way, Team USA is playing in what about a half an hour now? Uh Alexander, and they're playing Australia. Alexander Camacho from YouTube, the Super Chat. Is it realistic to get a sign-and-trade for Eric Gordon for Schroeder? I think that would be perfect for this team. Um, yes, in terms Eric of Gordon like... Himself. What's that?
1: I, I Say what you're going to say. I'm going to look up Eric Gordon's contract. Just yes,
0: to... yeah, yeah, please do. But um, yeah. I'm going to say yes in that I don't think the Rockets would care about parting with Eric Gordon, but I'm going to say no in that I don't think the Rockets would care about getting Dennis Schroeder. Like, what is... Why would they want him? I don't I don't see that fit. They're already paying John Wall a ton of money to be their point guard. I don't think they want to go pay money to Dennis Schroeder to be also a point guard.
1: Oh my God. Yeah, so so they, actually the actually the money isn't as bad as I thought. He has two more guaranteed years left at 37 million total. Mm-hmm. So eight it's eighteen point two this year and nineteen point five next year, and then a non-guaranteed twenty point nine the year after that. So that would not be picked up, obviously. Okay. Um, I, would I do that? Sure. But it kind of leads me back to the same thing of like, what is Eric Gordon's place on this roster? I mean, he supplants probably Wayne Ellington and probably Malik Monk in the rotation, but I don't think he supplants THT and I don't think he supplants Ken Baysmore.
0: Yeah. If I'm doing a sign and trade on the Lakers, I'm looking for a wing period. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking for a wing player. Um, Anyone. Andrew Sorry. Escamilla from, uh, from YouTube said, way too early prediction for the first wave of buyouts mid-season. Mid- free agency isn't even over. And we're talking mid-season buyouts? Um, <laughs> I, don't, I mean, look, I, I think Kevin Love probably should be, be on that list if we're going to talk about anybody. But it really depends on how things play out. Look at basically any veteran that's got one or maybe two years left on their contract, and that's what you're looking at on a, on a projected to be bad team. So go down the list of bad teams. Find anybody who's a veteran with about a year left on their deal. That's a potential buyout guy. That's the way you look at it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's so hard to project buyout players. Like, it's, right. it's impossible. Going into last season, it was unfathomable that Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin would be buyout guys. It was, like, it was unfathomable. No one could ever have foreseen that. Yep. And yet, they, they both got bought out in, like, a two-week span.
0: Hey, I've got a question coming in here from the chat uh, from YouTube. Would you be interested in LaMarcus Aldridge? Word broke today for Adrian Wojnarowski that Aldridge, after, oh no, Devontae Kaycock just hit a guy in the head on a layup attempt. Uh, I'd imagine that's probably going to be a flagrant. He looks like he wasn't trying to, but it didn't. The guy is up. I'm not sure who it it is. I didn't see the name yet, but um, not a good looking play there. Um, Anyway, though. As far as Aldridge goes, he's going to try to get back into the NBA. He's talked to medical advice or medical advisors and thinks that he can do this. Should the Lakers have interest?
1: I'm going to say no. Um, And it hurts me to say, because I would have loved Lamarcus Aldridge on the Lakers. I think every year for the past decade, Um, I just, I no longer feel that he, he doesn't fit this team really Mm -hmm. at all. Um, and, it, and you can see it in the way Markeith Morris, he left, you know, he signed with Miami because it was clear that his role, his ability wasn't a need on this Lakers team. And it's the same for LaMarcus Aldridge. Obviously, LaMarcus is a little bit better than Markeith Morris, yeah. but they play a similar game. And so I, I think just it doesn't fit anymore.
0: Would you rather give Marcus Gasol's minutes to LaMarcus Aldridge?
1: this is going to be unpopular I'd probably say no okay <laughs> just because like with LaMarcus Aldridge I know he, in a vacuum he's a better player but like like even if he's medically cleared it's like Chris Bosh we're like is it really worth it yeah to like to to go for it with this guy who like may have a heart problem who could at any point like leave and have to retire again and like I don't know. I, I think it's better to just not rock the boat and go for it. I, I, I hope LaMarcus Aldridge can play and be healthy. I wish that for him. I just don't know if it's with the Lakers.
0: And and even worse than he has to leave, like, what if something happens, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you are not 100% certain that there is zero risk involved with that, I, you don't want to... I, I, I wouldn't want to put myself in that situation if I'm that team. You know, where... Yeah, you're you're putting him out there on the floor. You're taking on that chance and that risk um, if you believe there's any kind of chance. Again, if he has a full, clean bill of health, okay, then, then maybe it's a different story. But if you think there's any risk associated there, I, I mean, I, I don't want to put him in that situation.
1: Yeah, completely um, agree.
0: Jay Sports Enthusiast said, which Laker acquisition from the bench do you think will have the most impact on this
1: upcoming season? Well... To figure that out, we first need to figure out who's on the bench and who's starting. Um, right. How about how about let's just say new edition that's not sure. Russell Westbrook. So, like, if it's not LeBron, AD, um, Russ, or Marc Gasol, okay. who of everyone else is is your favorite edition? Um, I am going
0: to go with. Gosh, that, that's tough. I, I My first reaction was Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk. That's where my brain bounced first. But then I yep. thought defensively, and then I went to, to Trevor Ariza. I think I might settle on Kent Bazemore just because you get a little bit of both. He can shoot the three. He's not great off the dribble or anything like that, but he showed he could shoot 40% from three. And on the defensive end of the floor, you can ask him to do stuff and, and take on some of the te- other team's best players. I, I think that's the way I'm going to lean is Kent Bazemore.
1: I think I think the Malik Monk signing has the highest ceiling. Yes, that's fair. Like, there's real potential for that to be a slam dunk, home run, every good word to describe a signing um, at the Vet Min, which crazy. crazy. Um, so that, that has the highest potential. But yeah, I think Ken Bazemore is the safe choice. I also like Trevor Ariza a lot. Um, I think Ariza, if he can like he wasn't great with Miami this past year uh, defensively, but if he can get some of those legs back under him and he can work in, in Frank Vogel's defensive scheme, I think that's a really quality signing too. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's the thing, right? We've been talking about this. There's no clear, Hey, this is the main piece that they landed in the offseason. Like last year, it was okay. Dennis Schroeder and Montrez Harrell. Those are the two main pieces that they brought in. There's a lot of guys, and they're all kind of in that same tier in terms of what kind of impact they can they can make. And then we'll see how they separate themselves. Uh, somebody asked, can we sign Danny Green? I would love it, but I don't think that's in the cards when you only have yeah. a veteran minimum. Uh, Dre Johnson yeah. from YouTube. Can you guys finally explain to Lakers Nation that we are not getting Buddy Heald? Well, we did talk about that. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I know we all have been kind of hoping that somehow it would still go down. It just doesn't seem like it's in the it's in the cards right now.
1: Yeah. I think the Russell Westbrook trade sealed the fate. And um it was talked about for a couple of days after, but I really think the Westbrook they, they chose the Westbrook trade over the heel trade. It wasn't mm-hmm. both. Yes.
0: Uh Ryan Via asked, Who would uh you say are best players for filling in our roster? We've talked a lot about that. The guys who are still out there on the market. Uh, again, you can get a shooter. You can go for a guy like a Sui Mikhailuk, maybe a J.J. Redick. I think he wants to stay close to family, though, on the East Coast. But uh, players like that, uh, I mean, Le Williams is out there. There's a, there's a number of guys that are still out there. I don't know that there's a lot of guys that really move the needle. Again, the best guy to go after, I believe, would be Kelly Oubre Jr. because I think you can use him defensively on the wing. Uh, I think that would be a nice get. But, again, I don't think you're getting him for a veteran minimum. Uh, Okay, here's an interesting question. George Torres from YouTube said, can the Lakers sign Iguodala to be an assistant coach and give him like $10 million to be an assistant coach so he can practice every day with the team, and then after the All-Star break, you sign him and play him for the veteran minimum? That's... (laughs) Why would you not just sign him to the veteran minimum to begin with? Is that like a way to... See, here's the problem, though. So if you're saying that in order to get him to pick the Lakers... You're signing him, and because you can pay a coach whenever you want, you're signing him to be a coach and then firing him from that coach job and signing the NBA would shut that down because they would see that as salary cap circumvention. And, yeah. and I, don't know, I don't know if there's an exact rule against this, but the bottom line is you are doing it so you can pay the player more than what you should be allowed to pay them based on the salary cap. So the NBA would, would shut that down.
1: That's like what we were joking about last year, where it was like, come for a veteran minimum and a $10 million salary on Space Jam. Yes, like, right. It's kind of like that.
0: <laughs> I've got another question coming in here. Is there any chance on Buddy Healed? No, appreciate the Super Chat, but but no. Um, don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Alexander Camacho from YouTube and Super Chat. Is it realistic? Sign and trade. Oh, we already did that one. Eric Gordon for, uh, for Schroeder. That one was a repeat. Uh Aniket Mohan from YouTube super chat, Dennis to OKC since Kemba went to New York. I mean, that could be a landing spot. The rumor was that OKC was trying to get uh Dinwiddie with the goal of trading him somewhere part of the way through the season and trying to get guess what more first round picks. Um, <laughs> maybe that, that's what winds up happening. I guess that could be a, a plausible scenario. OKC gets him, lets him bring up his value over the course of the season. And then when somebody gets hurt, uh, a point guard goes down injured, then OKC says, hey, give us your first and we'll give you the shooter. I guess that could happen.
1: Honestly, that, that feels pretty likely. And I don't yeah. even know. Like, I don't know. And honestly, this goes this goes for Kelly Oubre Jr. and Lowry Markkinen. I have no idea what they're doing. Like, I and it's it's both in the sense of like, I don't know what they're going to do. And I have no idea what their plan was approaching this free agency. Mm-hmm. Like, the three of them were asking for way too much money, and instead of taking whatever was on the table right when free agency opened, they waited, and now there's no money. Like, all three of them screwed up really badly. Well, Mark
0: and was restricted, and I just got a question coming in about Josh Hart, what's going on with him. It's the same thing. He's restricted. These guys who are restricted teams, restricted free agency has really deter, deterred teams from making offers, right? I mean, look what happened. Uh the Pelicans and the Hornets. Why did the Pelicans give up a first for Devonte Graham when he was a free agent, right? The reason why they turned that into a sign in trade is because the Pelicans didn't want their cap space tied up for two days. So they just said, look, Charlotte, we want to put this offer out here. We know you'd probably match. What's it going to take for you to just let him go? We will pay you. What's it going to take for you to let him go? And they said, first round pick. They said, fine deal. So, restricted free agency can really be a deterrent for 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 teams cuz they don't want their cap space tied up. So with Markkinen and with Josh Hart and like I kind of get why they're still sitting on the market, but that's not the case with say like Dennis Schroeder or Kelly Oubre Jr. Yeah, yeah
1: and we can talk about the Pelicans all day long because yeah. they, they, they really did something this offseason. But something. yeah, the restricted free agency is tough because when you, when you uh, offer an, a restricted free agent an offer sheet and they sign it, the original team has two days to match. And for those two days, that cap space sits on your books as if you signed them. Mm-hmm. So cool. it's like it's, it's death for a team that maybe has backup plans. Because if that team takes the whole two days and matches, you now lost two days on negotiating with people because you didn't have the money.
0: And you've seen, I mean, we've seen how fast free agency has gone this year. Let's say the moment free agency started, right? Three o'clock Pacific time, uh, a couple of days ago, you signed a restricted free agent. Your cap space would have been cleared up just a few hours ago. Who's left. This is, this is why that's why teams don't want to deal with restricted free agents. Uh, Kermit won. Anytime we sign a shooter, they forget how to shoot the ball when they put on a Lakers uniform. What do you think about that? The Lakers curse of, of shooting is that, are we well, suddenly going to see like 35% Wayne Ellington?
1: Yeah. I mean, I hope not. Um, I think part of it is at least the last couple years, the, the Lakers have taken gambles on guys who were coming off like career years. Mm-hmm. And before anyone says anything, that is the same case this year, where like they're taking a lot of guys who are just coming off career years from Mar- beyond Mello, the arc.
0: Malik Monk, Kent Bazemore, all off the top of my head, I think they all had career years from three. Who else? I don't know about none, but yeah, but, none. There's, but there's a few.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's possible that there's some regression with the with this Lakers team. The way it's constructed, though, you don't need all of those guys to shoot forty. So, like, Wayne Ellington doesn't have to shoot 42 again. Mello, Malik Monk, they don't have to shoot 40. They just need to shoot a respectable amount, a, a respectable percentage to where teams have to guard them. Um, and ha- them having shot over 40 the year before will give them a lot of, you know, uh, defense that's that's geared towards stopping them from shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So it's going to be interesting to see how the – what like. I got this question earlier and I forgot to go back to this answer. Somebody said how, you know, Frank Vogel is not an offensive coach. How is he going to make this work on this team? And actually allow these shooters to get open shots. The answer is he's not, he's not David Fisdale is. That's why you brought him in. Frank Vogel will handle the defense. You brought in David Fisdale to handle the offense.
1: Yeah. David Fisdale is going to do, hopefully do wonders um, for this team. And Frank Vogel this is his year to prove that he is not just a great defensive coach, not just an elite defensive coach, but one of the best defensive coaches of all time.
0: <laughs> By the way, where is Frank Vogel's extension? We're going to be on extension watch for a bit here. Yeah. Uh, Danny Hampton from YouTube. All biasness aside, biasness. All bias aside. How how good is this team? And which teams can give us problems? Love the show, and thanks for replying to DMs. That could be to me. Maybe that's for Ron. Ron, are you replying to DMs?
1: I've replied to like two in the last few days.
0: Okay. DM Ron, people. I, I, do, I do go in every once in a while and respond to to DMs that are on the, on Twitter if people ask me questions. A lot of the times I get enough where I'm like, I can't get to all these. I get busy doing other stuff. But I do every once in a while. We'll pop through there and respond to people. But uh, Ron's going to reply to some too.
1: Yeah, very few. <laughs> he's, like, he's
0: like, pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Um,
1: Guaranteed. But, but, you know, if you have a good question, you know, send it my way.
0: All right. Um, how good is this team really? I, I think they're really good. I think there's a reason why they are the number one team uh, to come out of the Western Conference based on uh, Las Vegas odds. I do think that they are going to be good. I think as much as we say, oh, I don't know about all these veterans, it's LeBron, Russell Westbrook, and Anthony Davis. Uh, how much will all of them play? That's the question. Uh, so I, I think they're going to finish top three in the West. I think they are the most talented team in the West with Kawhi Leonard out. Um, but yeah, I think they're going to finish top three because you're going to see some guys rest.
1: Yeah, the, the Kawhi Leonard injury to me um, is what puts the Lakers kind of in a tier of their own right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Lakers are kind of up here. And then there's a, a really big second tier that includes Denver, Phoenix, Utah, uh, the Warriors, something that that group, and then maybe the Clippers too, um, maybe Dallas. It's a very big second group, but I do think the Lakers are just like a little bit above everybody else right now.
0: Agreed, and that's uh, that goes to show. Like, no credit to the Phoenix Suns, credit to the Milwaukee Bucks, but everybody knows what happened. Everybody knows why those two teams were in the finals. If everybody was healthy, it was either the Lakers or the Clippers coming out of the West. And it was the Brooklyn Nets coming out of the East. That's, But that, that didn't happen. And again, the Bucs, the Suns, they played the teams that were in front of them. This is no fault of their own. Take nothing away from what they did. But the odds for next season tells you exactly. Like, you don't see the Bucs. You don't see the Suns at the top. Uh, you know that, That's just the way things played out this season.
1: Uh, and now I was going to be paid $30 million to be just another year older. Yep. hope that works out for them though but the it last really
0: two years apparently are not guaranteed or at least partially guaranteed so i think the sons did protect protect themselves a little bit there which is is a lot better than i initially thought i thought it was fully guaranteed and it's not i think that does help uh
1: that would be horrible
0: i've got a question here from youtube asking about bringing darren collison out of retirement i think that's um i think that ship has sailed
1: <laughs> uh darren collison i will i mean i love it because i love this type of attitude yeah. in the nba but i'll also partially never forgive him for retiring and then going to a Lakers game with Genie Buss just to be like, yeah, I'm still retired. That didn't change.
0: <laughs> yeah. I love Sitting down with all the that and then, nope, never mind.
1: If I was like, if I was a professional athlete who was like in the spotlight, I absolutely would do stuff just to generate headlines every now and again, just for fun. And I know that's why Darren Collison did it.
0: <laughs> you would tweet out the eyeball emojis just, just for fun. Once a week. Just, just once a week.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: Leslie from YouTube, the super chat. Can you explain how much a player gets when they are bought out? Kemba had two years, 72 million left. I'm curious what percentage he gets. It depends on the player. It's a negotiation. So the player and the, the team have to negotiate that. It's not a, a set rate for every single buyout. So like Blake Griffin, I don't remember the exact number, but he gave up a lot. Some players didn't give up much. Uh, I don't know that Lou Aldang gave up anything really in his buyout with the Lakers. Um, well, it wasn't.
1: It wasn't a buyout, wasn't it? A wave and stretch.
0: They waved him and stretched him, but I think they tr- they were going to try to negotiate a buyout, and he was just like, "No, I'm not going to do that," because he knew he wasn't going to get paid probably somewhere else. Which is,
1: is why. Which yeah. is why uh, the, the wave and stretch happened.
0: So I'm sure those numbers will come out eventually, but it's not. It's not. It's a case by case basis. It changes depending on the player.
1: Uh, also, we have more Mark Stein quotes about Tim oh, Schroeder, which bring are piling on this poor man. He said, quote, I don't know where he got the idea that he was going to get $100 million. When players do that, they generally have a feel of which team will actually do that.
0: That's true. That's true. Players usually have heard through the the grapevine, like, hey, this team wants me and they're going to pay me this much. It appears that Schroeder did not have that.
1: Yeah. Dennis Schroeder, Spencer Dinwiddie, perfect example. Mm -hmm. He said, he said with magic foresight, I know three for 60 is out there for me. Don't worry about that. What did he get? 362. Like, not surprising. He knew exactly what was out there on the market.
0: Uh, I have Joe from YouTube with a super chat asking, where do we see the Lakers landing seating-wise? I'm going to say third, just to bake in that they're going to rest some guys. What do you think, Ron?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they'll have home court advantage in the first round for sure. I don't know if there'll be a one. I just don't think that's important to a team like this. Like... How much do you really think LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, uh, Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Reza, like how much do you think they're fighting for a one seed? They're just fighting to get to the playoffs. Right. So I, I would assume like three, four, make, probably not four because they probably want to avoid whoever's one. Mm-hmm. But I would imagine three makes a lot of sense.
0: Let's I, I agree with that. Let's uh, well, obviously I do because that's lines up with my with my pick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's an interesting thing. Randall Wilkes, do you think Woj tried to sell Schroeder because he knew teams were not interested? Like maybe he was doing a favor to an agent. Like we have seen more of that from Woj this year than I think we have in years past where he's, you know, like he mentions Duncan Robinson's podcast and stuff like that. Hyping, (laughs) Hyping up some stuff for people. I do wonder because Woj was very high on like, Like Dennis Schroeder knew he was getting more than four years, 84 million. And that's why did he well then where, where's that deal? What happened? Right. So that might've been a favor,
1: right. To somebody. I mean, you see it on every Woj or Shams tweet, uh, announcing a player's deal. It's the deal. And then there's like one or two sentences hyping up the player. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, this player, player X, uh, was incredible from beyond the arc and uh, as a defensive stopper this past season. And it's like, well, you already signed the contract. You don't have to keep doing this. Like, right.
0: All right. Let's, let's finish with this. Cause we do have the, uh, the Olympic game here starting up soon. Team USA. Um, I can't believe I'm going to say this. What's the percentage chance that you think Dennis Schroeder completely out of options comes to term with the Lakers and just comes back on a minimum, like whatever, whatever it is. Cause they, they have his bird rights so they yeah. can actually pay him. I mean, as much as we, as much as people are frustrated with him over everything that's happened, um, he's still a talented basketball player. He's not a guy. He's more talented than a veteran minimum contract. I think he's more talented than uh, a mid-level exception contract. I think that he's, he's still a good player. Sometimes we let our, our perception of the person or our perception of the contract influence how we see them as a player. I think he still produces on the floor. And yes, you just brought in Kendrick Nunn. But is that possible that the Lakers just say, look, Dennis, you're in a tough spot. We know that. Uh, here's an offer, but understand that we are, we may trade you during the season and then you've got him on. Maybe you need a backup guard. Maybe you want him as a trade ship later on in the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I'd be happy... Paying him to trade him. Like I I at this point, Hendrick Nunn, Russell Westbrook, there's a lot of clogging, THT, there's a lot of clog at the at the mm-hmm. guard position, a lot of log jams there. I don't know that Dennis really makes a whole lot of sense in terms of roster construction at this point, just to give up a roster spot on yet another guard. Um but yeah, I mean, if you you pay him, you know, you let's say you give him two years, 30 million with a player option or a team option after year one Mm -hmm. and you trade him, you know, I think a team would be willing to do that at some point during the season. uh, And then you get something for him.
0: Yeah. And you would have to do it with kind of like the verbal agreement. Like, look, if we do a two year deal and the second year is a team option, you're like he, he would have a, a de facto no trade clause until that option was picked up. And you would just have to say, look, we're signing you, but it's with the verbal acknowledgement that you are not going to enact that. If we trade you, we trade you and you are going to accept it because of the
1: situation that you're in.
0: That's that's and what it one, would take for me.
1: Well, one last thing. We do have some breaking news from Danny Green's agent or Ooh. Danny Green's uh, co-host of his Harrison podcast. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he is returning to the Philadelphia 76ers on a two-year, $20 million contract. Wow.
0: Yeah. See, Danny Green's not getting, he's not taking that veteran minimum.
1: Yeah. Two years, 20. So for anyone wanting him to take the MLE, that is, that's never doing that.
0: That's a solid deal for Danny Green. Uh, happy for him. Yes. I would have loved to have seen him back with the Lakers, but uh, yeah, it, that was never happening. All right. Well, again, this is not over. Not over. We've got three roster spots left for the Lakers. We'll see what they end up doing with them. I know free agency, it feels like it's all winding down. But, man, the Lakers still have some spots to fill. I can't wait to see what happens. And then, of course, this, this mystery of what happens with Dennis Schroeder. And, by the way, guys, a lot of people have been talking about Avery Bradley. Yeah, add him to the mix of guys that they, they could potentially go talk to. We'll see. I, I'm, I'm going to prefer bigger wings, but still, maybe something that they can look at. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Make sure you do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Uh, turn on those notifications. Don't forget, go follow Ron on Twitter too. We want to boost those, those Twitter followers for, for Ron. Yeah.
1: And, uh, just in 2000 the other day, yesterday. So that's pretty sweet. Just, keep a keep that
0: just in 2000. No, we got we to gotta blow that out of the water. Go follow Ron on Twitter, everybody. <laughs> at at RonGutterman24. You all know what the 24 is for. Come on. Toss him a follow. Just, go just... follow Ron on Twitter.
1: <laughs> Appreciate it. All right. Get the plug.
0: <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Till next time, guys. We will – oh, I should have said this. We will go live tomorrow night at a regular scheduled time. We'll be back doing this live again tomorrow. Hopefully we know at least one of those roster spots that's open what the Lakers are doing with it. Till next time. See ya, and stay safe.